Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. And welcome back to Under Review. I'm Greg. He's Steve. What's up, Steve? Hi, Greg. Um, I'm doing all right. Um, you know, beautiful weather in Vienna, um, as always, you know, in the summer. Uh, enjoying life despite the travel ban. Um, watching some hockey now that the, the, the different leagues are starting up in Europe. So um, sports-wise, life is getting slowly back to normal, at least watching it on TV. So, right. How are you? Yeah, I, we're still not completely back to normal here. Um, and I think that's going to be that way for quite a while, but kind of is what it is, right? In terms of sports. Yeah. So, nothing we Yeah, and um, I saw some baseball teams that have some, uh, some, some COVID uh, cases now. And uh, the NFL season started, so let's see how that goes because there are fans in the stands. I mean, yeah. Uh, I guess it'll take a few weeks before we know the full story on that and how how that uh, has gone. But right. um, you support the Giants, right? Uh, I do, but I mean, um, like, if if I'm being fair here, I have not, I didn't pay attention to anything the entire summer when okay. it came to football, and I have not watched one snap of football so far. Okay. Now, let me let me prep let me preface this. I'm not not watching football for political reasons. That's not the reason why. I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't okay. care. Okay. I mean, I if, just, you have, if you have more important things going on in life, that 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 that's possible. That can happen. I mean. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like I'm at a very um, I'm at a very weird weird crux with my uh, my sports life and with my business and my sports life kind of you know um, coming into like a, a crosshairs with each other yeah. a little. bit. Um, I would say beforehand when my business wasn't, you know, taking off and, uh, you know, there are a lot of things kind of going on. So I, I had much more time to really dial into the sports teams that I love. So now with my, especially with my job, like I, so I, I teach at night and so yep. most games, whether you're looking at baseball games, hockey games, they're all played at night. So I just don't get a chance to watch games. It really does kind of stink for me. Um, Really, right now, what I'm relying on is the, uh, you know, watching highlights when I can. And um, even when the season starts again, it's probably going to be something where as the games go on, I'm probably going to have to get home. I'll get home by the third period of like most games and I'm going to start watching the first period then. So or I'll watch the whole game in the morning, like in the like when you go to the the NHL um, TV package, how you can kind of go through the game and you can kind of fast forward through it. I'll probably do something like that because I just, it, it kind of stinks, but like, this is kind of what my business is. It's, you know, I don't have a nine to six job. I've got more of like a six to 10 job. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I guess the West coast games are more your thing then. Uh, they would be. The only problem is now I get up early cause I got to go and prepare for the day. So I'm actually in bed by like, I'm trying to be anyways, like the last, Several weeks now, I've been trying to go to bed before 11 o'clock. Right. Um, and eventually, I'm going to be moving out to 10.30 and then hopefully 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, that's the goal. I mean, so, 
in theory, I'd like to go to work, come home and like go right to bed. And then just whatever I missed the night before, I'm just going to catch up on the morning. Unless it's something crazy that I have to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Um, I When I was working, when I was still living in the Netherlands, I was working shifts. So if I had a morning shift, I, I was in bed by nine because I had to get up at four. And yeah, luckily I don't have that anymore. But uh, yeah. So have you um, caught up at all with the um, with the Ranger prospects that have been loaned overseas? No. So uh, you're going to be my eyes and ears for everything Ranger related the last several weeks. So I really have not, you know, uh, most of um, most of the what I kind of know what's going on with the Rangers right now is obviously, you know, the number one overall pick and, you know, Lafreniere. And that's basically where I'm at in terms of, you know, and then obviously like, I know that the, you know, I know about the Tony D'Angelo stuff that was kind of just, um, you couldn't cut, you you can't not know about that stuff. Um, I do know, I've seen some highlights from some guys. I do know that, that, that craft And I do know that, um, Leah Sanderson are playing overseas and they're playing well. I do know those two things, but yeah. to what extent, I don't know. Prospect talk. All right. Well, uh, to fill you in a little bit, Leah Sanderson is still in preseason. Um, he did lead his team in points in the preseason with 12 points in eight games. Um, so that is that is definitely a positive. He's been centering the top line consistently, um, playing like premium minutes, and he's really their go-to guy. Um, so from a development perspective, it's all we can ask for as Ranger fans. Um, we'll dive into the interview he gave that I forwarded to you uh, earlier this week uh, in, a, in, a, in a couple of minutes, um, which goes into why he left, etc. But in terms of how he performs on the ice so far, even though it's only preseason, he's doing everything we could have asked for. Um, regarding Kravtsov, the KHL season uh, got underway last week. Uh, they've played five games so far, um, and Kravtsov has scored three uh, three goals in those five games. Uh, his team is struggling to put up goals, um, but it's not for lack of trying, and it's definitely not because of Kravtsov. He is uh, he's averaging five shots on goal per game. Uh, he's he's carrying the puck into the offensive zone. He's making things happen, and again, just like Lias. This is all we could have hoped for as Ranger fans, and eventually those assists will come, but he seems happy, he seems comfortable, uh, he's dominating shifts in the KHL at age 20. Um, it's Look, I'm, I'm just happy he, he's playing, because who knows when the AHL and NHL season will, will take off. So uh, those are definitely positives. The other leagues haven't started yet, there's some preseason games here or there, but... Yeah, Payuniemi and Adam Edstrom and Carl Henriksen will just have to wait for them to play uh, some more games before we can really get into those two. Yeah, interesting. Um, so, yeah, regarding Lise Anderson, to go to dive a little deeper into his situation, um, he did an interview uh, um, earlier this week, I think yesterday or the day before, 
uh, with a Swedish newspaper. I was able to um, to read it because it's behind a paywall, but I know someone who had an account, uh, decided to translate it and sent you the, uh, the translations. Um, I actually did publish that translation piece uh, today. It's on my timeline if you're looking for it. So, um, yeah, please feel free to read it. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? I'm not surprised. Um, you know, I mean, look, you know, when you're, when, when you, when you have any kind of like anxiety issues, man, uh, it, it's not surprising to me that, um, things are going to be kind of handled a little bit, a little bit differently. So that's not surprising to me whatsoever. Um, it, it doesn't surprise me that the, uh, the anxiety is, uh, create a little bit of an issue, an issue for him. Um, you know, plus also the adjustment of coming to a different league. None of that stuff surprises me. Um, having said all that, if I'm being totally honest, I don't want to say Leas Anderson is a bust, but I'm also not saying that he's not a bust either. There's a part of me that thinks that he just might not pan out the NHL. It's possible. Um, does that, I mean, am I setting that in stone? No. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's quite possible that maybe he's just much more comfortable playing, you know, play, playing overseas than he is here. And that's just what it is. Um, yeah, and, and I, I have the same opinion after reading that, uh, that interview. Um, it, to me, it feels like it's the first interview where he's honest about the situation and what happened. Um, the biggest takeaway for me was, uh, that halfway through the interview, he said, uh, I feel that fans sometimes forget I'm only 21, which is probably something that should be highlighted more. The fact that he is only 21 and how difficult a transition to another continent is, and not everyone deals with it the same way. Um, and I've seen fans bring up Philip Heedle and how he's been adjusting and this and that. Yes, but that's Philip Heedle. And no two people are the same. Uh, they, they face different challenges. They, they deal with those challenges in different ways. One deals with a little bit better than the other. It is what it is. This is not something you can scout for. This is not something that, that you, you read in, in a scout report. or This is just something that, that happens. Um, I do feel that it's not all his fault. I wouldn't 100% blame the whole situation on him. No, it's um, not. It's, it's, it's nobody's fault. It just is what no, it is. Man. No, like, I, I think it's not, it's not really a fault to blame here. It's just no, that, no, no. But, but if, you, if you look at what happened, I think the situation could have been handled better by multiple parties involved. Um, the way it is now, he left, and this is also something he said, he didn't leave because he was demoted to the AHL. He left because of uh, the way he felt, the, the mental struggle he was dealing with, and he felt worse when he was in the NHL before he was demoted, which I think is a, a good indication of what actually happened, and it wasn't just him sulking because he didn't get uh, the minutes he wanted. Uh, there's a lot more at play here. It's, it's a lot, it goes a lot deeper than, than fans probably realize. Um, to touch on your uh, comment about the draft pick and, and if he's a bust or not, um, he's 21. We all know that there are players who don't grow into uh, their full potential until they're 23, 24, 25. 
Of course. That, that is by no means a guarantee that Elias will do the same. But for comparison, uh, Denis Gurianov, who's having his breakout year now, is 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mud Zuccarello wasn't an NHL regular until he was 26. Uh, Chris Kreider was in the, struggling in the AHL when he was 21. Yep. Um, so uh, there are, are tons of, of, of contributing players in the NHL today that at age 21, 22 were still in, uh, in college or still in, or also struggling in the AHL or still playing in Europe. So, oh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm not like I said, I'm not saying that he's going to be a bust. I'm not saying he's not going to be a bust. What no. I'm saying is, is that I think that we can kind of move away from the theory of like, uh, I think there were there were people on kind of opposite ends of the spectrum on this. People were already claiming he's a bust, and I think that's kind of, you know, um, you're 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 being a little too premature. And the people are saying, no way, he's still going to be a superstar. It's like, nah. There are a lot of things that have to go right, not a superstar, but like being a, a, a top level player or like a, a, at least a top six player. I'm saying to myself, mm, there's a lot of there's a lot that I see in his game where for him to be a top six player, he'd have to improve on. And so just to go back to the whole Philip Heedle thing, like I know some be, some any players who kind of bring up Philip Heedle or anything like that. The reason why I can kind of look at Philip Heedle, I look at Philip Heedle and I look at Leah Sanderson in two different ways. And unfortunately, and it's not Leah Sanderson's fault, right? But at the end of the day, Philip Heedle is just a more talented in terms of hockey ability. He just is. He's just he's a more talented kid. And so he can kind of ride things a little bit more, rely on his talent and let himself kind of grow. Unfortunately for, for Anderson, he probably got picked way ahead than he should have. Um, that's just, that's not, and that's not his fault that he got picked seven. You get picked where you get picked, right? But, you know, he's just, in my opinion, I don't think he's as talented as some of the other guys that were picked ahead of him. And that's okay. Even including Filipino and various other players, and that's okay. That's not a that's not a knock on him as a person. It's just that he has to overcome a little bit more. Um, not saying he can't. It's just I think he's got a little bit tougher of a road. Um, I think when you have very high ability, you can ride yourself a little bit longer to see that learning curve. When your ability is when you're the lower your ability, the quicker teams are going to kind of move on from you. It's just and that's just the way it is. You know, if, if you have a kid that you, you know, know has an incredible high amount of skill, you're going to hold on to him a little bit longer, hoping that it puts it together because you've banked on the physical ability he has. Elias Anderson is an okay player with okay ability. I don't think he has world breakout poten- potential. So I could see teams moving on from him, at, you know, all of the Rangers a little bit easier than they could a Filipino. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. They're different players. They were drafted in different positions. The fan base had different expectations based on those draft positions as well. Um, but at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that different players respond to the change in different ways. Um, some some players just, just you know, uh, uh, what's the word? They just glide through it without, without any issues, seemingly. Yeah, uh, that's true. And, and if you have one of those players, great. If you unfortunately draft a player who's struggling more with those situations, I wouldn't consider that a bad draft pick because how are you going to identify these things? You know, and, right. and, um, and I know that it's not completely comparable, but um, when I interview people for new positions, I try to ask questions to sort of determine their personality and how they respond to certain situations. 
but there are some things you just cannot figure out with with questions. And I know there is a, a an NHL combine where the players get tested and the players have interviews. And even the day before the draft, players get interviewed by tons of teams. I was talking to Eric Ciccolini, who we drafted in the seventh round. He had an interview with the Rangers the Friday, the day before he was picked in round seven. Um, so these teams really do their due diligence. And other teams had Leas in the top 10, top 15. So it wasn't as if this was a huge red flag that mo- that people noticed. It's just unfortunate. Uh, and yeah, I think well, I don't. I don't think it was a red. I don't think there was any red flags in his. In his. No, no. In, but I just think that you know. I was saying the, my only my only thing was that when you're picked that high, um, I just my own opinion is he probably got picked a little bit earlier than he should have. And that's not his fault. But at the no. end of the day, I think teams are just going to bank on your your kind of like your peak ability, what they think you can do. And, you know, I think he's someone that the Rangers would be more. For example, say Filipino was struggling in the same sense. I think that the Rangers would probably hang on to Heedle more than hang on to Leah Sanderson simply because of the upside. And that's what I'm trying to say. Because we're going to look at like, well, this guy has a has a has a much higher ceiling, so we'll hang on to him a little bit longer than maybe someone like Leah Sanders. Yeah. They're not going to look at like, well, he was picked seventh, therefore we're going to hold on to him. They don't, I don't think they care about that. No, 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 no. But but what I'm saying is, you know, he was drafted quite high, and it comes with expectations, and you never know how a player deals with those those expectations, you know, and. Uh, but, you know, and, and I know range, some Ranger fans don't want to hear this because they don't care. But if Leas Anderson plays 15 years in the Swedish Hockey League and he is a top-line center and he plays for the national team and he wins two world championships with the national team, he will have an amazing career like Joel Lundqvist, Henrik Lundqvist's brother. Just be, and, and, you know, it will be great for him. Yeah, of course, for the Rangers, it's it's unfortunate that they didn't get the value they were hoping to get when they traded Stepan and Ranta to Arizona for that pick, where they also got D'Angelo in the trade. But it is what it is. I'm just happy that there's a little bit more clarity coming out now with, like I said, the first honest interview from his end. Um, and it sheds some light on the situation and shows that it wasn't just a guy sulking that he didn't get the minutes. There was a much more at play. And, um, yeah... Unfortunate, but um, that's just the way. That's just the way it is. That happens, and we're certainly not the only team. The Edmonton Oilers drafted Neil Yakupov first overall, and look where he is now. You know, team teams have misses all the time. We talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, how amazing they are drafting, but they still had uh, Jonathan Drew in third overall, and Slater Kukuk and Brett Connolly in the top ten. So. If you if you look at every team's draft history, you can cherry pick the misses, and those fans will be just as salty as Ranger fans are about Leas and McElrath and Jessiman. So, yeah, um, I'm just gonna leave it there regarding Leas. Um, it is what it is. I hope he's ha- I hope he has an amazing season. I hope he plays for the national team. Uh, one final thing regarding Leas, I would like to ask you: Do you see Seattle picking him in the expansion draft? I think that's possible. Because I think if he has a great season in Sweden, I don't think the Rangers are going to protect him. 
over a guy like Lemieux or Howden or Gauthier. Um, so he would be available for them. Yeah. You know what's crazy is that this this is this goes to show you where where my head's at. I would I mean I would protect protect Leah Sanderson more than I would protect Brett Howden. Oh, yeah, me too. Because as we talked about Heedle versus Anderson, and we talk about upside, I I still think Anderson has more upside than Howden. I I agree with you. I actually agree with you on that. The question is, does this upside come out, and does he reach his potential? That's all the ultimate question, of course, but. Uh, we may need to wait a few more years before we get an answer to that question. So for now, yeah. I'm happy he's doing well. I'm happy that he's in a better mental state. I'm happy that he's comfortable where he is. And uh, yeah, let's see what happens in the summer. Who knows? Yeah, I think that's totally uh, Yeah. Um, so have you watched any of the playoff uh, games or? No. No, <laughs> no I have not. Because for Ranger fans, it was important uh, what happened in the second round, of course, because of the Carolina Hurricanes uh, first rounder that we got in the Brady Shea trade. We now know that we're picking 22nd overall because the Dallas Stars and the New York Islanders made it to the conference finals. Uh, Dallas Stars actually made it to the Stanley Cup final now, beating the Golden Knights 4-1. Islanders last night um, came back to 3-2 in the series. So... Uh, Tampa has two shots to, uh, yeah, to uh, to to finish this and make the cup final. Um, one thing I was talking about with a with a Ranger fan is that it's it's frustrating that now that there are no first round picks on the line for the Rangers, the Dallas Stars all of a sudden make it to the conference final. Yeah, I know what a, they, they they couldn't have done this like you know last year. Last year. Last year, we would have had another first-round pick, but uh, it's in the past. What are you going to do? So, yeah, uh, which brings us to the most important topic for Ranger fans, the NHL draft. Yes, that's the only thing I'm concerned about right now. Everything else is whatever. I, I, I don't even care anymore. The only, thing I'm con- the only thing I care about right now, if I'm being completely honest, is my only like focus is... Lafreniere and the number one overall pick. Everything else after that is who cares? Like I, I that's how really how I'm looking at things right now. Like every everything else is I wouldn't say who cares, but it's more like just icing on the cake. Like and this and this is to show you why why winning the draft is so dang important, right? Because prior to winning the 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 lottery, you're banking on Kraftstop being a stud. You're banking on. Um, you know, Kako being a stud. You're banking on all of this. It takes it takes everything down a notch. And you're like, eh, if it works out, great. That's even better for us. If it doesn't, no big deal because we still got a stud. It really yeah. does change the way you look at things. You know, that that's why that's why having such high picks and lots of depth is very important for a rebuild. And that's probably why um, I haven't read the article yet, but I did see that Corey Pronman ranked the uh, the Rangers' young um, organizational depth as number one. So it just, you know, and it just, you know, further illustrates what I was talking about is that the, you know, having someone like Lafreniere in the fold is just going to enhance where you, where you look at this franchise. Yeah. And, um, I think I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure if this is a British thing or a South Africa thing, or if they say it in the, in the United States, but after Lafreniere, everything's gravy. It's just, you know, whatever happens, happens. It's just, you've had your meal. And 
whoever you draft, 22nd or 30, 71st overall, I think we have a pick. And then in the early 90s because of the Dallas uh, third rounder. Um, I think I'm looking forward to the draft. I've already taken the next day off because they moved it to a Tuesday. I don't know who approved this, but whatever. Um, so I'm cool with that because I have, I have to go somewhere the, in, in two days after that. So oh, Of course you do. It's great. So for you, it works out. It's, it's going to cost me one of my 35 vacation days. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 22nd overall. We have two first-round picks, Lafreniere and whoever we draft 22nd overall. Do you think we keep that pick, or do you think there's there's a chance Gordon trades it for a more NHL-ready player? Off-season moves. I think it's very possible that pick gets traded. I, I, and that's and that's going back to also having guys like Kako, Kravstov, Lafreniere, you know, um, Fox, you know, yeah. uh, like all these young kids they have in the pipeline that are either excel, either either on the right track or have high potential. It just gives you the flexibility to turn around to a team and say, "We'll give you this pick for X X player," especially if there's a player that that, that a team really wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as much as I like prospects. I I am almost at the point where I prefer Gordon to trade it for a center that helps us out now. Because if you think about it, if you draft a center 22nd overall, that's going to take you, what, three years before that player can really contribute in the top six? Yep. By that time, you only have three years left of Panarin. Yeah. I know we signed Panarin to a seven-year deal, but there's only six years left. And if you wait three years for that player to be ready, I mean, do you really get the most out of that Panarin contract? No, so, you don't. Which is which is why you you need to act now and, and find yourself a, a top second line center right now. Like that 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 should be if the Rangers have a have something they need looking like Lafreniere is in the fold that there's they don't even have to think about this anymore. That's just a it's a no brainer. It's a slam dunk. It's in the back of their head. They've already, they already know what they're doing there. What the Rangers need to start thinking about is what they're going to do at that second line center position. Because I don't think Philip Heedle at this juncture is ready to take that over. And I don't think Ryan Strom is the right fit. So somebody needs to be there. And I just don't know where that, how that fits in. Fits in. And, and, and I don't know how it fits in or who fits in there. And I think that's the biggest question mark going into the offseason, what the Rangers do at the second line center. Also, what, what do the Rangers do, you know, on, on defense, too, is a little bit of a question mark, too. Um, I think, and we could talk about this in a second, is I, it wouldn't surprise me if Tony D'Angelo gets traded. Um, and and I'm, I have no problem with D'Angelo being traded, as long as he's traded for the right reasons. Nils Lundqvist coming over next year is not a reason. Um, whatever he tweets, whatever he does online is not a reason. A valid reason for me to trade D'Angelo is cap space because he would ask for too much money or you deal from a position of strength to address a weakness. You trade D'Angelo for either a left-handed defenseman or a center. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate on that one for you. Um, I agree with you in, in theory, it should just be a, a, a hockey decision. 
but we don't live in that kind of world, right? So where the Rangers, they don't, you know, and I think this is most organizations, they have a lot on their plate, especially the Rangers with, with how many things are going on that they're trying to rebuild in the right direction. They don't need distractions. They don't need anything kind of taken away from th- their main goal of making progress as an organization. And if D'Angelo is taking attention away from that by doing dumb things on Twitter, yes. Does that, does that you know, ruin him in their mind of like, I don't, I don't care anymore. I want to be away from it. Like sometimes subtract, like, you know, you get addition by subtraction to take somebody off your team. Now, I'm not saying that I want him gone, but my point is, is I don't look at it like, well, you have to blow me away with a trade to trade D'Angelo. No, you just have to give me something decent. You have to give me a fair offer. And, I, and then when I consider a fair offer talent-wise for him and the headache that he proposes with his, you know, his antics, sure, it, it makes sense to move on to him. I'm not going to sit here and say, I need to keep him that no matter what cost and who cares about his online personality. That's complete horseshit. Like, trust me, the, or, the Rangers yeah. organization does care about that kind of stuff. And they should. They should. I mean, you're, you, when, you're, when you're an organization that, that, that is very, as popular as they are, yes, antics do matter. Yes, they do. And, and anyone who tells you they don't is absolutely out of their mind. It does matter. It does matter. They want them to just – look, they're not going to sit there and tell you what you, you can and cannot say because we do have a, 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 you know, a First Amendment right here. But that doesn't mean that it gives you the right to be on an organization either or gives you the right to play hockey. You can say whatever the heck you want, but just understand that your your actions do have consequences. And some organization might turn around and say, I'm, you know, I don't want to deal with your bullshit. I'm going to fucking trade you. That's I, what it is. I, I think it depends on how good the player is. And that sounds shallow, but that's just the way the NHL is, unfortunately. Um, Brendan Leipzig has his contract terminated for something he says in a private chat, which let, let's, let's be clear here, that, that type of stuff should not be said. That's just, that's unacceptable. And I agree with it. On the other hand, you have Austin Matthews who literally harasses a woman at midnight, tries to break into her car when she's inside the car mm-hmm. and he's still on the Maple Leafs. So, I understand that you don't want to throw away your 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 prized possession, your most valuable player. You know, yep. it would be stupid to terminate Austin Matthews' contract. But I agree, I agree with you. But that means that there is a price, and the question is: Is D'Angelo good enough to overlook the stuff he does off the ice? Yes. If we're asking this question, does he? Does it are his? On the ice benefits, does, does what he do on the ice outweigh his Twitter behavior? Yes. Is the it a net is. benefit to have him on the team? That's what absolutely, it comes ab- absolutely. But does that mean that, that what he does off the ice, does that give you a little bit of like, hey, if you give me something fair, I'm going to deal him to make my team better? Sure. No, no, Meaning he's, 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 he's a little bit higher on the, um, you know, the Rangers, I guess, um, you know. I can't order. Exact in term in terms of dealing, they're going to be like, well, I don't mind trading him because he's also a headache, but I'm not giving him away. They're not going to give him away for a second. Exactly. Round. No, no exactly. and nobody and nobody and nor should they. The Rangers are in no position to go give him away. No. You want him, you got to give me something really good. But that doesn't mean that I'm not I'm going to hold on to him just because he's good either. Like, I I think that there's enough baggage with him that if you give me something good i'm gonna seriously consider it yeah all right who do you think is a uh, is a possible destination for d'angelo that's a good question i i, I have not thought about that too much um too bad the, uh, 
<laughs> I'd be a liar to sit there and say, oh, I, I thought about that a lot. Cause I really have not. Um, I mean, you know, who's actually a pretty good now that I just, I mean, on the spot thinking, I think Toronto makes a really good, really good, makes good sense for him. Mm, okay. Okay. I can see it. Um, what, what would your return be for him? That's a good question. That I don't. What know. would you ask for? Well, I mean, I would, I would ask for. I'm not going to get it, but I'd probably ask for Nylander. I'm not going to get it. Okay, okay. Would you include the 22nd overall pick to make that happen? Absolutely. I don't think okay. that's that's fine. Okay. So I would probably, I would probably even add more to that. Actually, there are a lot of options with the 22nd overall pick. Um, I would probably give them. I would probably give them that 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 um, that first rounder, Tony D'Angelo, and yeah, you know, maybe uh, you know something else in our organizational depth they might be interested in. Okay, but I, I don't think that's an unfair. I don't think like I don't think that's something that um, I don't think it's a it's a I don't think it's an outrageous ask. And I do think that when you watch Toronto now and you see how horrendous that blue line is, is it that outrageous to say that they're a little too forward heavy and a little weak on the blue line? No, and, and I think they can use a player like D'Angelo. I think they would probably prefer someone who's a little bit better on the defensive side of the puck, but uh, you could make the argument that a possession player is uh, doesn't necessarily have to be awesome defensively because if you have the puck on your stick, the opponent cannot score a goal. Oh, I actually think Tony D'Angelo fits perfect with Toronto. If we're talking about stylistically, he fits perfect yeah. with them. All right. So he's, he's and, probably like the jump up in the play. I actually think mm-hmm. that he's perfect for that. The, 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 and actually, if you, if you think about Kyle Dubas, you think about Sheldon Keefe, I mean, like, it's just a perfect fit for him. Yeah. The only thing is, I don't know if it's a perfect fit with his you know, Twitter behavior and stuff like that. So I think that Kyle would probably turn around to Gordon and probably try to lowball him and say, hey, you know, he's got all this bullshit, you know, whatever. Like, try to lowball and maybe not offer up a William Nylander and probably try to get something else. But I'm saying if you're we'll asking take, we'll take Marner instead. What's up? We'll take Marner instead. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> Bro, uh, if that was even remotely on the table, I'm driving D'Angelo to, to Toronto myself. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, D'Angelo is definitely a, a possible departure. Um, where do you think he could go? Now that I'm going to flip that question around, let's take Toronto off the table. Where's a, where's a destination for him? Uh, I think Philly. I don't think they would trade within the division, but I think that's not a – well. Uh, we traded Shea in the division. I think trading in the division is no longer an argument when your division has eight teams in it. Yeah, that's, that's true. It, it, it's not the NFL where you have three other teams in your division. Yeah, that's fair. And I, where I don't know. It, I don't, does Philly really need him, though? Um, no, I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, um, I mean, if you're thinking because he's a Jersey Philly guy, that's no, no, not, not just, well, that's one thing, but that's not the reason, you know, the Rangers traded for him when Alain Vigneault was the head coach for the Rangers, which means right. he had some say in the Rangers acquiring him. I, uh, I think that's so he would be interested in it, uh, in, in him. Um, I think on defense, they can definitely use him. I think it's actually a a potential one for one swap that's 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 possible here. Um, well, who would you ask for then? One of their left-handed defensemen, Shane Gustisbeer. Ooh, 
Oh man, I would do that. One for one trade. Tony Nianjo. I would, I would seriously do that. I would I would do that, man. Gostas like Beer and Truba together. I would do that. I actually like that a lot. I don't think that makes I don't I don't think Philly would do it, but I like it. I don't think Philly would do it though. Uh, you never know. Um, look, look, look at what uh, Rutherford gave up to acquire Kapanen. That was what, that was what the, what, that what, was, what, what 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 was the Kapanen deal? What was that? Um, let me let me get the exact details because it's it's ridiculous. Um, where is it? Oh, here it is. So Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Penguins acquire Pontus Aberg, who plays in the KHL now with Kraftsov, Kasperi right. Kapanen. And Jesper Lindgren, in exchange for the 15th overall pick this year, Philip Hollander, who plays in Sweden, he's a really good prospect. Evan Evan Rodriguez, who is a serviceable bottom six, bottom six player, okay. and David Warsowski, which is just a warm body. It's, they got a 15th overall pick and a really good center prospect. For a player they wanted to offload for cap reasons. Man. So, um, I don't rule anything out. I'm not saying that this deal is on the table. I'm not saying the teams have been talking. I'm just saying if I am Gordon and if I want to deal D'Angelo, I think Philadelphia has a good fit in a one-for-one trade. I mean, I would, I would do that in a heartbeat. I just don't know if Philly does it. But I, I would do it. Um, I would definitely do it. Speaking of departures, do you think Ryan Strom stays or goes? Um, question. I, I don't know what the organization... You know what it is? I just don't know what the organization thinks of him. Because there's... Because you, you know how organizations are, right? Sometimes they're a lot higher on certain people than they probably should be. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is they're higher on Ryan Strom than the majority of, like, I would say beat writers, you know, uh, Ranger fans. I think they're higher on him than, than I am. Not saying that he's not good. I, I actually think... I actually think he's resurrected his career since he came here. I think he's actually found a home. I think he's actually found uh, a place to play. The thing is, is that I think the Rangers still think he's an okay second line center. I think he's a better third line center. I think if you can, if you can keep him on the third line and get a really good player to play on the second line, then I love keeping him. Does that, does that, does that make sense? I mean, it, it really does depend. And, that, and I think a lot of it goes back to what my original question is what the Rangers do at that second line. Because if, if you push Strom down to the third line and you can pay him reasonably for that, yeah, I think he's worth keeping around. Now, if you want to pay him at the second line center, that's where I'm going to start to say, eh, I'd probably want to move on from him. It's mm. just what he's going to demand contract-wise is where I start to waver back and forth on Ryan Strom. Because I don't think he's a second line center. That's just, I think he did an okay job there. But I, I think that we're, we've probably seen the, the best or kind of like, you know, the max you're going to get out of him, which is okay, but I want more for my second line center. That's all. And I don't think that's an unfair ask for me is I want, you know, I want my second line center to be a, you know, a 
uh, Zibanejad light. And, and, and Stroman is not that. And that's okay. It's, he doesn't have to be. He can be a third-line center, a very good one. Hmm. I just, if we can pay him to be a third-line center, sure. I, I think he's worth keeping around. Um, I'd also like to see what other teams value him as, too. Um, maybe his career got resurrected a little bit, and someone will offer a little bit more than I've been for him than what I want to pay him. Then he becomes an interesting trade chip. Once again, everything centers back to what, what the Rangers do at second. What the Rangers do at the second line center really does kind of have a trickle-down effect for a lot of other transactions, I think. Yeah. I, re- I really believe that. I really believe their second line center question is really going to change how they look at this entire offseason. Because it, it, it just impacts a lot of things. Could you trade D'Angelo for a second line center? Okay. Now do you have more flexibility to trade Ryan Strome, maybe for another defenseman? I don't know. I mean, there's so many ways you can carve that out. But the second line center to me is even a bigger question than what the Rangers do on, on defense. If I, if I was going to be, in my opinion, anyways, I think, I think okay. that's a bigger, a bigger question for them. And you think Jesper Foss is gone? <sighs> no. Interesting. I don't, I don't think so. Do you? Okay. Um, it all depends on uh, what crazy offer a team might throw at him. I just don't think teams are going to value him that high. No, so but there are teams that have a lot of cap space that might throw $3 million at him. <sighs> yeah, no one's going to give him $3 million. Listen, do you remember when the Montreal Canadiens gave uh, Brendan Proust $4 million a year? Yeah, I do. Do you remember well, when the Toronto Maple Leafs signed Matt Martin for, for $2.5 million a I, year? I do remember that. But you, Do you remember when the Anaheim Ducks signed Haglin for $4 million a year? Yeah, and that I was, do remember that. But, but and that, was, that was when the cap was around $60 million instead of $80 million. That's fair. I just, I don't know. Um, I, think he's, I, think, I think Jesper Foss is a great, you know, bottom six player. <clears throat> and if you, can, if you can keep him at $2 million, he's great. Yes. I think it, I, I don't rule out the, uh, the possibility that a team will throw more money at him. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I, I don't either. I mean, I, I mean or I shouldn't say that. I, I, I have a hard for me to imagine somebody would. But based on previous contracts, sure. Can a team go out there and do something like that and just give an extra million just to have him because they feel like he might be, I don't know, a good role model for their team or whatever the heck? Uh, sure, of course. I mean, he, um, he, he plays on the penalty kill. Uh, you know, he can defend the lead with, with a minute to go. Um, he can, he can, he, this is something that we Ranger fans know about him. He is so versatile. He will never score 20 goals, but if you need a player to step up for a week or two when your top line winger is out. Yeah. No, and that, and that's actually quite valuable. Uh, is exactly. having that can, you can plug into a lot of different roles because as injuries happen, you're just always going to need to plug somebody somewhere. So he can kind of, he can move up and down that lineup and, and be able to handle it. Okay, like he's not gonna he's not gonna kill you, but he's not gonna wow you. He's just gonna hold the fourth now, and that actually has a, a you know to me holds a lot of weight. I just don't think that he's worth three plus million dollars. No, but but Jeff Gordon gave Nemesnikov four million, so I mean, yeah, which is another crazy thing. I don't know why <laughs> that, that was a little. Although so, it was a short-term deal, so it's not the end of the world. And then no, you know, no. get offloaded, so it's not the end of the world. But you're right. You're right about that. I, 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 I also do wonder if he's just happy here. But then again, I mean, 
I, I don't know. I, I can't. It's it's hard to speak into another, another player's psyche. I mean, does he want to? Would he want to go somewhere else for an extra million dollars, or is he happy here? But you know, a million dollars. It's 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 not when you're making fifteen or twelve. Yeah, a million dollars is not that much of a difference. When you're making two, a million dollars is a big difference. Yes. Yeah, you know, and, and it depends on the percentage of what you're talking about. If you go from two million to three million, I mean that's a thirty-three percent salary increase. Yeah. That's a big difference than someone going from ten million to eleven million. It's like, yeah, that's negligible for them. And this is this is the first time he actually has a chance to go out there and earn that contract. You know, I, I agree. So I, I think having said that, I might probably backpedal a little bit and say he could be gone. But I'm just going to bank on the fact that I think he's happy here. I could be wrong. I could be happy. Yeah, but happiness doesn't pay all the bills, you know. No, it no, it doesn't. Which is, and I, just, my my thinking is, we know the set, we know the salary cap is going to be kind of flat for a while. I think most teams are, at least the teams who would like to have a, a flexible guy like him, probably are at a cap hit. Colorado can easily afford him. That's true. They're paying. Isn't it crazy what Nathan McKinnon's making? It's almost insulting. Nathan McKinnon, Mika Zibanejad, Jacob Slavin, best three contracts in the league. We say it regularly. Yeah, but... we do. But it, but it, it needs to be repeated because it's that. Is yeah. that accurate? Yeah. No, those three right. contracts are um, worth like double, double what they're getting paid. Yeah. All right. Well, the last thing uh, we're going to discuss is the draft because you wanted to dive into that a little bit. Let's just say we keep the twenty-second overall pick. Okay. What do you What do you want to see? Uh, I, I don't know that this is kind of why I want to try to talk to someone who knew a lot more about the, the depth of the first round draft than I do. I, to me, it's, I don't know. I'm just, I'm interested in learning about that. So okay. that's where maybe I would defer to uh, a lot of the experts out there and say, well, who at 22 would be somebody you would, you would want to take. What so, are you looking for? What are you? Are. Yeah. Well, what are you as a fan looking for? Me, it's just the best player available. The guy who has the most upside. I would just I, I don't care about the pick enough to say I want a safe player to be an NHL player. Do I you would care about the position? No, I don't care about position either. I just care about upside. I just care about upside. I don't care if it's even at goal. I don't care. Seriously. Oh, okay. That's I'm ooh. being I'm being totally serious. Like to me, no, that, that is a that is a take that I that I want to get into a little bit. Oof. I have always said that you never draft a goalie in the first or second round. Um, for the simple reason that you are much more likely to find a good goalie in the fifth or sixth round than you are to find a good forward or defenseman. I, I agree with you. I, I, all I'm saying is if the Rangers felt like there was somebody there that they felt had star ability or, you know, like really high upside, I'm okay with whatever they do as long as they're not playing it safe with 22. That's, yeah. that's all I care about. Just don't play it safe there. Really just really swing for the fences. Look for a guy that you kind of feel dropped. Maybe he should have went 15 or 10 and he's there at 20-something. Or maybe get a guy that for some reason – you know, other people are overlooking him for one reason or another. Maybe he had an injury and that kind of just kind of, he fell down some people's charts or maybe he has one little red flag that maybe we can kind of fix. So mm. I, that's, that's what I'd be looking at at 22 is a guy that has incredible potential that I'm just going to swing for the fences on it. You know, the last guy that was drafted by the Rangers at 22? 
Um, don't know who. It's actually quite recent. It was two years ago. Um, is that Miller? Andre Miller. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, other players drafted 22nd. Um, hold on. I, I wrote it down somewhere because, you know, I wasn't going to remember. Jeff Brown, 1996. Eh. Zero, zero NHL games. Uh, I, I don't even know who he is, so there you go. Troy Mallette, 1988. Who do you want to see at 22? Who do I want to see at 22? Okay, well, that's... Yeah, let's just, let's just ask you. I mean, you probably know more about it than I do. All right. It's time for NHL Draft Talk. There are some players that I look. Everyone knows that I'm a huge fan of Noel Gundler, who plays for Luleå in Sweden with Nils Lundqvist. Great kid, super talented, has a lethal shot. That probably top three in this draft when it comes to his shot. But I have watched a lot of of highlights, condensed video of the of prospects ranked in the first round. And there's one guy that I would absolutely love if he is available at 22. And that's a guy named Seth Jarvis. He plays for the Portland Winter Hawks in the Western Hockey League. I've seen him play a couple of times because I watch Seattle Thunderbirds games from time to time. And especially the games against Portland. Because, you know, it's uh, Portland against Seattle. Um, This guy, uh, I think he put up 62 points in his final 25 games of the season. He was on fire. But he is, in my opinion, the best skater in the draft. Okay, well, that's good to know. Uh, He's a winger, but we need wingers as much as we need centers. In our prospect pool, we don't have enough forwards. We have defensemen. Um, We have goalies with Haska and Wall and Lindbom. What we really need is forwards because we signed some really nice uh, undrafted guys with Petri Kodorenko and Justin Richards. And we gave uh, Morgan Barron his entry-level contract, which is all great. We have Kraftsoft now loaned out to the KHL. Amazing. We have Carl Henriksen in Sweden. But there's no real star prospect in our pool. We're drafting Lafreniere. I don't consider him a prospect. He's a roster player day one. Same with Kako. I don't consider Kako a prospect. He played over 50 games in the NHL. It's not a prospect anymore. Right. If we can draft just a player that has a skill set that, that works in today's NHL, you go for it. Okay. And whether that's a, a lethal shot or just being the best skater in, in, in your draft class or at least in the top five, ten of your draft class, that is something I would look for. Um, there are some int- some intriguing prospects in Europe as well, like Rodion Amirov from from Russia. Um, he's a center, but he's playing left wing in the KHL, which is normal for younger prospects to move to the wing in their first year or two in the KHL. Um, the players I would stay away from, and it hurts to say this because I really like these two, but 
uh, John Jason Paterka and Lucas Reichel because they're playing in the German league. And I'm very hesitant to draft a player from the German league because how do their performances stack up against other prospects? It's such a weak league. Um, That's so, actually a very good point. I'm not saying that they are not good prospects. I'm just saying if other players are available, I would rather go for the other players than than go for Reichel or Paterka. Because I just don't know how to rank their performance. And it's the last two, three years have been an anomaly in Germany. This is not a turn the tide situation where Germany is turning into a, a, a top six country in the world in hockey. It's it's just it's a coincidence. You have uh, Moritz Seider, Tim Stutzler, and then these these two. It's it's just a coincidence. It's a fluke, and the German league is still weak. Um, so I don't put that much uh, weight on on their performances. Okay. Um, I still think they're first round talent. I just I I assume that there will be better players available. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention was Dawson Mercer. Uh, plays in the QMJHL, I think. Yes. Let me let me just quickly verify this before I make a fool out of myself. Oh, that's okay. I make a fool out of myself every day. I know, I know. We all do, but when it's recorded, it's a little bit more painful. Um, yes, he, he plays in the QMJHL for... Um, she, Shikutimi. What he plays in the QMJHL. Um, I've I've not seen much of him, but uh, just his again skating, uh, his first step and and his his acceleration from from zero to like the first two seconds, uh, really stood out to me. Um, that that's another North American prospect and. Of course, Jan Misak, who Drew Way is totally in love with. But I will not go into that player. I'll leave that for uh, the future episode when we have him on. Okay. Um, but this is a really good draft to have a second first-round pick. This is a really deep draft in the first round. Um, there's so much to choose from. And it does, I, I haven't even talked about players that might fall out of the top 15. Yeah, we, no, that that's a question that see that that to me I think is something because this is such a deep draft. I actually think that is more likely to happen than anything else so far. I think it's very possible that a top fifteen player, let's say on the Rangers board, so to speak, will be there at twenty two. I think that's extremely likely, actually. Yep. And uh, what guy, do you think would be in your top fifteen that you could see sliding down seven spots? Yeah, I mean, he might not even have to slide seven spots. If a guy is there at 18 and the Rangers can trade up by giving up a third-round pick because they have two anyway, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. If, if they can get their guy, that third-round pick has more value to the, to the team you're trading with than to you. I agree, I agree with you on that. So which, which players do you – so what are some guys maybe in that top 20 then? Either, either they trade up or maybe someone who falls. Like who's someone that you're like, mm, man, if he's there, I want to move up to get him. Or if he falls, I want to take him. Looking at the trends over the last couple of years and the conversations I've had with people, the Rangers seem very comfortable 
with their European players and their WHL players. The WHL is a relatively new area for them to go for. Uh, they hired Steve Konowalczuk as their uh, uh, scout for the WHL region. And last year, of course, as we know, they drafted Matthew Robertson. Uh, great pick. I think there's no Ranger fan who's upset by that pick. Uh, that was a player that dropped out of the first round. He was there waiting for them, and they jumped on him. Um, if if the Rangers uh, if the Rangers are going with the same game plan this draft, expect a player from the WHL or from Europe to be picked with a twenty second overall pick. Okay. Um, I don't think they're going with a QMJHL player, aside from Lafreniere, of course, um, who is a given at first overall. By the way, Rangers have not drafted a QMJHL player in the first round since 1977. Dang, that's been a long time. Yes. Uh, out of all the leagues they could draft from, they that is the longest drought they've had in the first hmm. round. Um, I wasn't even born in 1977, so yeah. Um, this will be the first time we are experiencing a QMJHL player being drafted in the first round by the Rangers. Um, 22nd overall, I just hope they go with a forward. Um, I want to see an exciting prospect that is going to be fun to watch. Would I like that prospect to play in Europe? Yeah, of course. It's a lot of fun to travel and see a new player. Right. Would I be upset if they pick Seth Jarvis, who plays in Portland on the West Coast? Hell no. I'd be jumping up, up and down if they draft Seth Jarvis. Um, but there's so many options. 22nd overall is a much harder conversation than last year be, before the lottery when we were talking about 6th or 7th overall. You know? Yeah, I agree with you on that. The pool to choose from is just so much bigger. And... One guy that might fall a little bit that the Rangers might go for in an all-or-nothing attempt is Hendrix Lapierre. Uh, it's probably the last one I'll mention for today. He has had a concussion and a serious neck injury, which might scare some teams away. But if you have the first overall pick, I guess you can afford to take a risk. All right. And what that's we kind said of what I... That, that's what kind of you, something that I, I I would I mean I'm not I don't know much about this about this player in general but uh, risk is something that I I I would make that that 22nd overall pick a little riskier in terms of I want to go for upside I, you know if somebody falls that I think has you know top 15 top 10 potential or it was going to be a breakout player I would just you know I don't care how long it takes to develop or what things I got to do to get him right I, I I take that pick and almost stock it away for the future yeah. Um, one thing I do know is that this is the end of phase one of our rebuild. We have won two draft lotteries now. Um, I think Gordon is done with the whole, uh, with phase one of the rebuild. Now we're going into, uh, making the playoffs the next two, three years and, you know, use the picks and the prospects we've acquired over the last couple of years to really build a team. Um, and yeah, I mentioned him earlier, but I think Patrick Kodorenko, who we signed as an undrafted free agent, I think he might be a dark horse for uh, this upcoming season to earn a you spot. Know, you know something? I'll be, I'll be honest, man. I think, um, let me ask you this question. 
Do you think next year is a is a is a is a playoff year? Meaning the goal is to make the playoffs. Yes, I agree. I agree. I, I think based on the jumps that some of the players have made, I think Panarin being here, Zibanejad being a star, Shostorkin um, is for Shostorkin is basically your goalie now. Fox having a breakout year, um, having a number one overall pick, Kako. I mean, I just think that there's so much here now. Um, that yeah, I think you need to start thinking about playoffs, and which I think at this point now furthers my uh, thinking that that the Rangers' second line center is going to be a a very important conversation that they need to have and need to figure that out because I don't think that they're gonna I don't think they're gonna be competitive with Ryan Strom with that second that second line center. It's time for trade talk. Would you prefer Ryan Strom or would you prefer to trade for Max Domi? Uh, what am I going to have to give up to get Domi, you think? I, I don't know what they're, what they're asking for. The question is, are you willing to give up assets for the difference Domi makes compared to, no. the, to Strom? No, no. Then we agree on that because I would much rather keep the assets and go with Strom. Me too. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not looking to upgrade that position either. I just don't think, I don't think Max Domi is enough of an upgrade for me to say, sure, let's, let's, let's pony up some more. He's, it's not that big of a jump for me. But like, for me, the second line center has to be, in my opinion, a top 30 center. Yeah. But wh- whoever we draft this year uh, probably won't make the team. If, if the guy we draft 22nd overall will not be making the team. Um, but it's nice to have another first-round pick, and I just want to take a minute and and you know just admire what Jeff Gordon has done in the last two and a half years since yeah. the letter was sent. No, he's done. He's done. He's done an incredible job. He's done, he's done a heck of a job. The quickest rebuild in NHL history. Yeah, it might be. It really might be. Um, let me ask. Let me ask you this question: Do you, if you had, a, if you were a betting man? The Rangers' 22nd overall pick. Now, is it going to be used or is it going to be moved? As much as I want to talk about the draft and I want to, you know, picture all the prospects we might take and, and as much as I want to sit, sit there and watch, watch as we get closer and closer to our pick at 22, I have a strong suspicion that Gordon's going to trade it for an upgrade at center. I think so too. I actually completely agree with you. I think whether that's a package or whether that is a one for one swap somewhere or, or something. Mm -hmm. I I think, I think that I thought, I think Gordon has enough ammo where he's going to look to really, really take this team and put it, put it, make it a competitive team. He's going to try to make this team competitive against, you know, the, the, the flyers and the hurricanes, you know what I mean? He's going to try to be like, I need to be on par with these teams. Now uh, we're, we're, we're done rebuilding. The rebuild is done. So to speak, yeah. we need to start putting players on the squad that can, that can help these kids along. And now I'm not saying you give away all your assets, but what I'm saying is that I think you need to address 
the, the actual team itself and move forward now. I, I think the rebuild is done. I, you know, I, I, matter of fact, I actually don't think Lundqvist is coming back next year. That's an interesting debate. Um, I don't think I don't think he is. I really don't. I just there's just I just don't know if he wants to. I don't know if he wants to be. Well, first of all, let's be let's be real here. I mean, Gordon himself has said that the that this franchise will not go into next season with three goalies. They said that. So if that's the case, and you know for a fact that Igor is basically your future, he's he's your he's your number one goalie. So that means it's 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 between. Georgiev and, and Lundqvist. And you're going to tell me that they're going to trade Georgiev? I, I mean, not say that they can't, but I don't see that happening. I think, I, think, I think because he doesn't make a lot of money, I think they'd want to hang on to him. I think they're going to try to see if they can either buy Lundqvist out or have him retire. The more I think about it, I could see a buyout happening, actually. A buyout or a retiring, I don't see a trade happening. So there's two no, scenarios. I, I don't see ever. T- I don't see a trade happening either. And I'll be honest. I don't think Lundqvist wants to go down that path of go somewhere else. And I don't think he. I don't think he. I don't think he cares. That's not. I don't think that's his mission. I think. I think. I think he literally looks at it like if the Rangers don't want me playing, the being the guy anymore, then I'll just move on. Yeah. You know, whatever that is, go home, retire in general, and stay. Whatever it is, but I don't think he. I don't think he's going to bounce to another team. That's just my thought. So if that's the case, I think either a buyout or retirement, one of those scenarios are likely. Yeah. Um, Interesting times ahead, definitely. Yep. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what to make of the Lundqvist situation. Um, Yeah. What do you think is going to happen with it? I wouldn't trade your gift, but... You know, I would hold on to him until you get a really good offer. Um, but Lundqvist's Lundquist's Lundquist contract is forcing your hand to make a decision. That's my point. So what would you do? Or what do you think is going to happen? Actually, I, never mind what you want to do, because you'd probably want to try to, you know, trade him if you can. But what do you think is going to happen? You know, I wouldn't mind a Steve Mason type deal. Where the Rangers say, listen, Henrik, we're going to buy you out. But we have an opportunity here to trade you to the Arizona Coyotes who are going to buy you out instead. They're going to pick up a first round pick. They're going to give up a first round pick to make it happen. Mm, Rangers Rangers get 8.5 million cap relief. The Arizona Coyotes acquire him. He has to waive his no move clause. He retires. And, oh, sorry, he, he gets bought out. Uh, he still gets his, his buyout money, but the Rangers are off the hook for the cap hit. Mm, I could see that. And ba- basically, you're, tra- you're, trading the, you're trading a first-round pick for $5 million, or, or a pick for $5 million. Let's just Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes did this with, uh, with Toronto. Toronto gave up their first-round pick to get rid of Marlowe, who was then bought out by Carolina, who then right, signed yeah. Pittsburgh. Right, right, right. So there's precedent. No, that's that's entirely possible. Actually, that makes that makes some sense. Um, so you so you don't think Lundqvist on the team next year? Then you're thinking, right? No, me neither. I I, I agree too. I think I think we've seen Henrik Lundqvist last game as a Ranger. I I really believe so. 
I think the next time he's on the ice at Madison Square Gardens when they raise his banner. I actually agree with that, too. I, I think we've seen the last of him playing a physical game for the New York Rangers. Yeah. I agree with that. Oh, what a sad note to end on, but it is it, what it, it is. is. I mean, well, I mean, this is part of, you know, part of a rebuild is, is, is moving on from one generation to the next, man. I mean, I think, I think this is the sad, this is a sad reality of, 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 you know, team sports is that players get older and, you know, they move on. That's just what it is. You know, there, there will be a time when you, you're moving on from Artemi Panarin, you know, I, um, I had an, a- I had an AMA on Twitter yesterday. Um, cause I hit 5,000 followers. So I decided to do, to throw an AMA and do a giveaway. Um, people could ask me anything. And one of the questions was, would you prefer to see the Rangers win one cup with Lundqvist or three cups without him? Mm. I wish it wasn't that easy for me to answer, but I will pick three cups over one cup any day. There's no player in the world that's important enough for me to give up two cups. I, I, you're probably right, but that sucks. I, I don't want to think about that question. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. It was one of the more interesting questions, definitely. Yeah, I can see. That. But yeah, uh, we have we have exciting times ahead. The draft is in three weeks, I think. Yes. Oof, interesting. Three or four? No, no, three weeks. Draft is in three weeks. We're getting Lafreniere. We'll see what happens. Twenty second overall. We'll see what happens with all the other picks. Um, oh, one last question before we go: Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? You don't want to know my answer. I do. Oh, people are going to hate me. I, I, I have a feeling the Islanders come back against Tampa and then beat Dallas in the final. Okay. It doesn't matter to me. I don't really care. But okay. No, but I know Ranger fans are very passionate about the Islanders not winning I, I, the Stanley Cup. Um, to me, as long as it's not the Penguins, I don't, I don't care. I don't even care if the island is winner or not. I really don't. I don't. Uh, I don't care. I'm m- much more focused on what we're doing to care about what they're doing. Who I want to win? Dallas. Easy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't really have a. I don't really have a dog in the race, so to speak. I don't really care who wins. Um, obviously, I. You know, if I had to pick a team, I would. The Islanders are third on my list of the three teams. But if they win, I'm not going to, oh, my God, the world's over. Yeah, I don't really care. Here's all, I care a, about, all I care about is what the Rangers are doing next year. That's all I care about. And this is something that, that bothers me sometimes, that fans care more about other teams losing than their own team winning. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had that feeling with certain teams before, but I'm, I'm over that. that mm. it's, all right, well, it's, it, it's wasted energy for me, honestly. Before we end it, here's a little bit of information for you that you might enjoy. If the Tampa Bay Lightning close it out and they beat the Islanders, we will have two teams in the Stanley Cup final from the South. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Also, two teams for in the final where there's no state income tax. You love finding these weird things out. Do you think that may start a debate? Nah. About the advantages the the teams without state income tax have, because Vegas is another team that has the advantage, and and, and so and so Seattle. So Seattle next year as well, yeah. Yeah, 
uh, I don't I don't think that matters. Honestly, I don't. I mean, it matters a little bit, but not not enough to a degree. To, to, it's not going to change the playing field. Uh, well, I think when you're I think when you're trying to talk about small little dollars to like you know for your bottom six, sure that can play a factor. But I think at the at the at the elite level, no, not really. Yeah. At the well, elite level, it doesn't make that much of a difference. We'll see. It's interesting to see some new teams in the final the last couple of years. After so many years of the Penguins and the Blackhawks and the Bruins and the Red Wings, it's nice to see some new teams. Like the Blues are winning. The Capitals won playing against Vegas. Now we have Dallas in the final against Tampa, who have made it to the final in 2015, I think. That was only the first time since they won it in 04. So yeah. it's it's nice to see some new teams, the changing of the guard. And um, one last note I want to end on is I think the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals are going to implode in the next 12 to 24 months. You know, I don't disagree there. I, I, um, I I've said for a while, I remember... I think this was like two years ago. I remember saying this to somebody, and they thought I was crazy. Um, this is when Pittsburgh was still one of the better teams in the league. I says, in two years, Pittsburgh's going to fall off the map. And someone said, oh, you're crazy. They got Malkit. They got Crosby. They got this. They got that. And I'm just like, yeah, and they've been competitive for almost two decades. Mm-hmm. At, at some point, the, the, you, know, you, you get older, and it's hard. It's, it's easier to win it all than to stay at the top. Staying at the top is very difficult because yeah. teams start to teams, teams start to you know figure you out. Teams start to play you differently. Um, you know, it's just it's just the nature of competitive you know athletics. Like it's it's harder to stay at the top than it is to get there. Much harder. True. So it doesn't surprise me that the Penguins are going to be on a downtrend. You know, play, when you when you factor in the age, plus they've been, you know, that they've won a bunch, and the fact that teams are going to play them differently and have a different expectation towards them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're starting to see that now. I, I'll be honest. If Tampa Bay doesn't win it right now, let's just, I mean, they, they eventually the window closes. Mm. And people are going to, you know, figure them out and they're going to get older. And, you know, I'm not saying, look, they still got Brandon Point. They still got Serge. They still got a ton of good players. But sure, I mean, you're, when your window closes, it's much harder to kind of, you know, recapture that magic like the rangers had a three to four year window where they could have won it and they, they didn't and once it was over the rangers did the right thing they knew it was over and they started saying let's go to you know part two let's not hang on for hang on sake yeah and, and speaking of tampa hetman and stamkos has been in the have been in the league for over a decade yeah that's wild uh-huh i know I so know. yeah we'll see what happens but um if Pittsburgh does implode in the upcoming season and their first round pick goes to Minnesota because of the Zucker trade, uh, that's, a, that's, something I'm, that's something I'm here for, man. To see for the third year in a row a top five pick going to another team. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. You're right. I think, I think, Edmund, I think Edmonton is going to win. Pittsburgh is on the downtrend. Washington will be on the downtrend. And here are the teams need to start looking out for. You know, eventually it's going to be the New Jersey Devils at some point. Eventually it's going to be the New York Rangers. You know, the Carolina, Carolina, Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes are a very good team. The Philadelphia Flyers are a very good team, despite what AV thinks of Claude Giroux. 
uh, you know, they're a very good team. Um, so the Islanders are a weird one to me, man. I, I, I know people think I'm crazy. I think a lot of, I, I think a lot of what you're seeing right now with the Islanders is a lot of just a lot of luck. I think they're. I think there's. Yeah, I really do. I, I think I really believe they're on a Cinderella high. I really. I, do. I think. I think it's mostly Barry Trotz. I yeah. I mean, there's that. That's a very good point. I think you know. I think you know. Barzell has had has had a great playoff. Um, you know, I mean, they they've gotten tremendous goaltending. Let's be real here. They've yeah. gotten outrageous goaltending, and goaltending can take you pretty far. So. I'm not sold on them being like an elite team for a while. I'm not. I, I think they got some bad contracts. And all it takes, honestly, is one team to go out, <clears throat> the New York Rangers, and offer sheet Barzell, and that's it. And they're, they're, they're done. They're done. They, they won't be able to there, – there's no way they can capitalize on that. They'll be done. Now, they'll get a couple of first-round picks, and they'll be really good down the road, but they'll be done for now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see the Islanders lasting long, but it, it's they're also a relatively old team, aside from like a handful of play, like a couple of players. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Interesting yeah. to uh, to keep an eye on this. I think the Metropolitan Division is wide open next year. The Rangers are getting better. The Carolina Hurricanes are getting better. They have Sveshnikov in his third season. That guy's a beast. Um, I, I think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be the team to fuck with for quite a while in the East. Um, especially once they figure out uh, a goaltending situation. Uh, if they if they get a decent goaltender, they can go to the to the cup final. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. Matter of fact, the Carolina Hurricanes should be calling up the... It's funny how they work that way. They should be calling up the, the, the New York Rangers and asking what they want for Georgia. Hmm. They should. Now, I don't think they will. The shit. Um, I will take the Toronto Maple Leafs first rounder. <laughs> so would I. So would I. I would do that right now. Yeah. Or Martin Natchez, but that's not happening. No, that's not going to happen. You're better off getting that pick. Anyway, we, we can talk about this for hours and hours and hours. It's been 90 minutes, I think. Yeah, that's plenty of time for us. I think it's time to wrap it up here. Um, let, let, let's get back with Drew in, in a week or so and let's let's yeah. some yeah, we'll we'll sit down with Drew. We'll go over the, the draft prospects in a little bit more detail. He'll take care of the North American ones. I'll talk a little bit about the European ones, and uh, Greg will just be the uh, the host. Yeah, sounds asking, good to me, man. Asking the questions. Yeah. All sounds right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and um, have a great day. Take care, guys. All right. Bye.